We're doing something a little different today, but I think you'll like it. It's not specifically about divorce or parenting or boundaries with high-conflict troublemakers. Today, I'm talking to a high-powered executive who experienced a life-changing insight one day by the side of a busy highway, and it gave him an understanding about why so many successful people can't seem to create the same level of success in their personal lives, or why unresolved family problems can quickly suck all the momentum out of your career. Actually, Greg's story might be just what you need to hear, even if you're not a busy executive. Welcome, I'm Tracy the host of the Essential Stepmom podcast, your source for information and inspiration about the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. There's a lot of material here for the dads too, because, well, because nobody talks to them about this stuff much, and it's about time that changed. There's nothing about making a step family work that comes naturally. It happens as a result of effort and actual skills that you learn and practice, you know, like tennis or chess. My approach to all of this is a bit, well, unconventional. I like to live outside the box. And if that describes you too, I think we're gonna be friends. Let me hear from you. My super private mailbox is info at essentialstepmom.com and I'm always up for a chat. Greg Menendez is from New Zealand. That'll be obvious as soon as you hear him start to speak. I met him not too long ago in a business networking group, and we just seem to be kindred outliers. We, we share a simple but unconventional way of looking at life. And I wanted to bring him here as a guest because I suspect there are more than a few of you who will totally get him and his message. This isn't anything specifically to do with stepfamily life or post-divorce parenting. And at the same time, it has everything to do with those things, because Greg teaches people how the mind works. And the mind isn't just something that interprets what happens to us out in the world. It's the creation point of every bit of our experience of life. There's nothing in your life that won't go better for you when you gain the ability to peek behind the curtain on your own mind. Here's Greg and I in a conversation we had about a week ago. Well, let's let's talk about what you do. I find it fascinating. You're what, what fascinates you about it? Uh, talking about about the mind and how it works. I think uh, I think it fascinates um, a decent chunk of the population. Some people don't have any interest in it, but um, but those that do, it's it's typically pretty deep. Yeah. No, I think. Um, I would love to speak to that portion of my audience who are interested in this kind of work. I mean, I think interested in, you know, progressing in your self-development, in elevating your level of awareness and self-understanding. Those are people I like to talk to or I, you know, who I would, I would love to um, connect with. So I think it's just the kind of conversation that that I would hope those of them who are interested, you know, will want to follow. Well, there's um, a good overlap too with your market. If you're looking at um, 
successful leaders and C-suite people and CEOs, a lot of them are successful at, at great personal expense. Yeah. You know, it's quite effort, effortful. It doesn't have to be that way. Say, say a little more about that. Well, about being successful at great personal expense. When we don't understand how something works, it creates noise and inefficiency. That's true for, you know, changing the oven, the oven clock when it comes around to daylight saving, as it is to, you know, how to um, save a radio station on your car, on your car radio or whatever. Um, and it's the same for the mind. It's the same for anything. But um, the, mind, the mind is the creation point of our experience. That's the genesis point of where our experience of life starts. So having noise and inefficiency uh, present at the creation point of all of our experience means that we have noise and inefficiency everywhere in life. That's emanating from a misunderstanding of how the mind works. And um, that's what most people live in. It and makes so much sense when you say it like that. Like that's such an easy way to... Uh, to say it that it's the starting point of our experience and somehow we 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 view life from a perspective of that our mind is somehow interpreting our life experience that it's happening outside of us and that your mind is somehow a filter through which you're experiencing things that are happening externally to you but i i really like that that way of expressing it yeah, well, people get to see that their experience is actually coming from them. Life is coming from them, not at them. Hmm. And uh, when people uh, see deeply how something works, um, they, they flip or they switch. And they switch from living in a misunderstanding where it's effortful and they flip to living in a in the truth of how it works or in the understanding of how it works and, and then it becomes easy and um the nice thing about insight is that it will reveal really helpful thinking and energy and inspiration and that that, that becomes the substrate from which we perform you know insight can give you clarity quiet mind inspiration which can lead to inspired action and inspired results and that's that's a nice way to live life. It's also very productive. It's also effortless and it's also successful. Um, but in the absence of understanding how the mind works, we have less insight. So in the absence of insight, we're left with the best that we can do. Hence, you know, determination, for example, looks like a really good idea. And often it's all you've got. Mm. And people achieve success via determination, which is exhausting. It is exhausting. There's a there's a lovely um, anecdote that I remember hearing at at the meditation course that I've taken a number of times, a ten day vipassana meditation course, and um, the teacher there uh, uh, recounts a famous story from the from the Buddhist literature about um, a bunch of guys who are uh, a little bit drunk, I guess they go out drinking and it, 
you know, uh, of course their mind isn't working. Their minds are not working clearly because they're under the influence of some intoxicant and they, they, um, after this night of drinking, they get into their boat to go home down the river and they're like rowing and rowing and rowing and sweating. And the effort is so, you know, they're so hot and they're expending so much effort and so much perspiration and so much exhaustion. And finally the sun comes up and they're still rowing and rowing and they haven't got there yet. And they, you know, someone calls out to them and says, aren't you going to untie your boat from the dock, you know? And that's, it's a good image for what you were just talking about. Like without that clarity, you can just roll like crazy. And there's something very simple that you can't see that would change everything for you. Yeah, totally. And most people, when they um, try and see something, they use their physical eye and they look out in the world, which makes sense because that's what we can see and that's how we're parented and that's how we're educated you know the answer lies outside of us whereas you know um the word insight literally means aside mm. from <laughs> i and like that, that that's when we have a aha you know we have that epiphany or that um the, the penny drop or the bolt out of the blue and um Essentially, when we have insight, we're seeing something on the inside. And that's the mind's eye up and running, not the physical eye. And um, we're designed to have insights. You know, I, I, when I realized how the mind works, I went from two or three insights a year, which were incredibly helpful, to two or three a week, often two or three a day. That's, that's quite a big change. So what, how did you get there? What did you do to make that change? Um, <clears throat> I've always been deeply curious about um, how I how the mind works. I, I called it the um, the second brain. My father was a um, doctor, and um, I was when I was young. I, I was somewhat dyslexic, so I didn't do a lot of reading. My father had a book on the human anatomy, and. Uh, it had an outline of the human body and you'd unfill these clear pages and you'd mm. add one at a time. And I remember going to my dad and I was, I was probably about five or six. I wasn't very big, very old. I looked up to him and I said, hey, dad, you know, how come we've got two brains? You know, you, you've always said we've got one. Clearly there's two. You've been holding out. What's, what's, what's with that? <laughs> and, uh, and he sort of chortled like you just did and said, no, no, we've only got one. And I pointed to the brain and the stomach because they were the squiggly bits. And I said, well, we've got two, clearly. <laughs> and, um, and I just knew deeply that he was wrong, but I had no argument, um, which for a six-year-old is a pretty weird experience because I wanted to um, correct him, shall we say, but I didn't have the argument for it. And that, that created a deep, fascination inside me for how does that second brain work which I now call the mind so that that was so that's the context that I've always had a fascination in, in human behavior and why people how do they use their two brains or how do they use the mind to behave the way they do and um, subsequently jump forward quite a few years I was at Nike as marketing director in New Zealand um, Nike went through a bad patch globally and essentially New Zealand operations got swallowed up by Australia and, and most people were um, let go. And I, I became a consultant in brand strategy. And um, 
you know, brands were all about emotional connection. So I decided to research how human beings emotionally connect, which had me look at psychology. That was tough because, you know, a lot of long words, I'm dyslexic. So that was sort of, you know, hard work. Mm. But the analogy that I arrived at when I looked at psychology is that I, you have to excuse the analogy, but it reminded me of a rubbish bin full of, let's say, 50 different species of snake, each snake being a different psychological theory. And each snake got one hour in the sunshine before it was subsumed by the others. I.e., it's a big bag of confusion and there's no clarity or there's no single truth. So I didn't think the answer lived there and I gave up looking. Then, fortunately, I was um, um, introduced to someone who teaches what I teach. In fact, they needed a new brand and they said, oh, can you give me a hand? And I went, sure. And whenever I do branding work, I do a deep dive into my client's world. So I read about this new understanding for human psychology and it's, it caught my intrigue. It's, the simplicity of it caught my intrigue. But understanding it intellectually is not helpful because the transformation only occurs when you actually have the insight or the realization, you have that aha moment. So I, I, it caught my intellectual intrigue and then a few days, two weeks later, I was driving down one of the main roads in Auckland where I lived at that time. Uh, I used to suffer from road rage. Mm. And uh, sure enough, I had a road rage experience. Um, this um, arsehole pulled out in front of me. I hope you don't mind using that too. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I had a road rage experience uh, like none other. And it was different for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the, the road rage um, was happening to me in slow motion. So I, I, I got slow-mo road rage. <laughs> so it, it, it started down at my feet. It was creeping up my legs in slow motion. And I, and I freaked out. I'm going like, what's going on? And I pulled over and I was freaking out. And then, um, and you have to bear with me here, but then it's like a billboard or a sign appeared outside the car. And on that, billboard or sign was my thinking so I got to see my thinking and that that's a rare thing in life because we don't normally see our thinking we normally just think it it's invisible and then we experience it but I saw it and in that moment I realized that my experience of rage wasn't coming from the arsehole it was coming from my thinking about that person and that's fundamentally what this understanding says it says that you know we're living in a thought-based reality and uh, as soon as I saw that and had that realization the road rage went completely and uh, I was quite stunned by that and I sat in the car for I don't know how long let's just say an hour and I just had insight after insight and it completely changed my life on a dime and that's when I went from two or three insights a year to two or three a week very cool <laughs> different eh? but I mean that's what my that's what the same thing happens to my clients now not it's it's I'm not saying that you have to have road rage to get <laughs> this but they will have their own realization in their own way I mean we are designed to have aha moments that's actually that's actually how this how the mind works that's the natural design that's wonderful I, I love insight I mean I'm I'm just <clears throat> I'm I'm all about that uh, it's um I look forward to getting out of bed in the morning to have new insights. I, I find it a, a wonderful part of, of living to have new understandings and to 
um, make connections between things. Well, you're, you're very fortunate because, um, you know, you've lucked in or lucked out. I don't know how you use that phrase in your part of the world, but, you know, you've, you've, you've landed there through, um, through life or happenstance or what have you, um, which is rare. Uh, most, most people need to um, be guided and supported to that place and, well, and, and learn, learn how it works. And, th and then they live there. Yeah, I think I have to credit meditation yep. with, with helping to bring me there. I certainly lived a lot of my adult life not in this place. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember, well, I, my early career was at a, as a classical musician. I don't know mm. if you know that about me. I, I played uh, in a symphony orchestra for 25 years. That was my. Was it the violin? Viola is my instrument, actually. That's what I meant. That's what I said, wasn't it? No, you said violin. That's okay. <laughs> I'm pulling your leg. Um, but. I didn't uh, know that. I remember. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was a musician. So, um, you know, in the, in the world of performance art, uh, you know, certainly I was, I was not too much grounded in my logical self, but when I started out in homeopathy, because that was my, that was my, the passion that took me away from music was when I started um, studying homeopathy and became a practitioner I was a very, very medical model version of alternative, an alternative healer. You know, it, it was the most medical possible approach to that. Um, very Western based, um, very data based, very logical. <clears throat> I, I wanted everything to be um, very clear and rational and medical. So how, really- how, how for you. Yeah, <laughs> it did for a while. I, I mean, it did. It, it worked fine. But as I as I got more and more into meditation, I started having more insights mm. um, about myself and about really um, not accepting. I think I was not accepting that strongly intuitive side of myself, which yeah. was always a big part of my practice. And I just wouldn't allow myself to say that you know I wanted it all to be uh, book learning and science-based and whatever and the whole piece about the the therapeutic connection between the practitioner and the client which is so crucial um, I was really not giving myself credit for um, you know the quality of my connection with the person that I'm speaking to and and also with the whole idea that, you know, I'm practicing energy medicine and trying to make it not be about energy, um, that I did it for a lot of years, trying to make it not be about energy. Mm. And when I finally sort of let go of my judgment of myself, mm. that was when everything took off for me. And, yeah. <clears throat> cool. That's a nice story. Eh? So you, um, you got out of your own way. Totally. And I still have to get out of my own way every day in some way or another. It's mm. really about, I, I find, I find new ways that I'm in my own way all yeah. the time, but I'm, I'm aware of it and I'm trying to be mindful of it. Well, that's, that's the game of life, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Get our way and then let it go. <laughs> Tell me what it's like in a in a workshop with you because you you would sort of go into a a business atmosphere, let's say, and work with work with business leaders, or maybe they just come out individually. But I know that you've done this, you know, in a business context. Yeah. Uh, so what is it like when you know guys who are um, very focused on their career, their business leadership role? start to like what's it like to be kind of cracked open like that and think in a new way how do you how do you work with them um well i'll I'll talk about it from the point of view of working with a bunch of individual leaders that don't work as a team Mm -hmm. um, because that's um that has a different dynamic compared to working with a team that actually work together and typically i work with um business people and leaders first and then when they have that aha moment they will say look can you come and work with my team once they've seen uh, the power of this but uh, workshops I run those in person and online and um, the key thing is to have people settle down and I encourage them when for instance in, in New Zealand we're fortunate with COVID we don't have it out in the community so we're free to roam and um, I can still run workshops and uh, I get people to, I run workshops actually at a beach 45 minutes west of the largest city in New Zealand, which is Auckland. The beach is called Piha. And um, it's, it's its own little enclave. It's got its own sort of little microclimate and, and vibe. And it's, um, people love going there because it's so relaxing. Mm. And I get people to leave work. I get people to stay out at Piha, so they leave work and home behind. Mm. So they literally leave life behind as they know it. And um, I encourage them to make it as retreat-like as possible Um, because having insight is non-intellectual. It's a receipt from mind, which is this living intelligence, which is up and running in life. And we have access to that. So the more people relax and settle, um, that heightens their chance of having uh, insight. And then I, bun- then I run a bunch of experiments uh, with people. So the class size is somewhere between eight and 12 people. Uh, the workshop's three days long. And I run a bunch of experiments which have been refined and curated over the last 20 years, primarily by my mentors who are based in Boston. And they've been teaching this to um, Fortune 100 companies for 20 or 30 years to help them achieve um, quantum shifts and breakthroughs in the business. Mm. Um, And these experiments are designed so that people can see one aspect of their psychology up and running inside them. And um, we have lots of breaks. And I say in the breaks, just chill and relax. Don't you don't think about this, just enjoy yourself. And in the, when they relax and go for a walk on the beach or just having fun, that's when they'll have the aha moment because um, you know, the insights, as I say, are not man-made. Um, and it's when we relax and we drop our guard that we'll see what we need to see. But most people don't know that. If, I mean, if you look at business and you walk into a company, most people are sitting at a desk focusing on a problem. And it's like the problem is a nut and they're, they're using their brain as the nutcracker trying to solve the problem. <laughs> And it's like they're sort of headbutting the desk yeah. trying to solve the problem, which, you know. Or this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's, a, that's a mixed bag of success. Um, 
But if you ask people when do they have their breakthrough ideas for work, it's when they're running, walking, swimming in the shower, uh, driving to work. You know, it's not at the desk. It's when they're not focusing that they have their breakthrough ideas. So when you see most people in business sitting at the desk trying to solve a problem, straight away they're not using their instrument as powerfully as they can. But that's just where society has landed, foolishly. So we run these experiments. People can see an aspect of their psychology up and running in them. And during the workshop, or maybe the next morning when they wake up, you know, the mind will stitch these experiments and these little learnings together. It'll take this mosaic and it'll make sense of the whole for the person. And normally on the third day, typically around just before or just after lunch, people will have their penny drop moment. That, that's sort of, you know, the standard mark. And then um, the energy in the room shifts. Um, everyone quietens down. Um, they're much more present. Uh, they stop judging. They listen way more deeply. And these are all their natural state. Uh, and they, um, they actually become slightly meditative. People get to see that life itself as a meditation. Mm. You can still go and meditate if you want. You know, I don't have a beef with meditation. Fill your boots if that's your thing. But you actually see that life itself is a meditation and that's where you can live from. Uh, so as you can imagine, the last half day is pretty colourful. So people are typically um, very quiet, uh, very humble, because the, the, the experience is humbling, but, but also in awe. Yeah, very nice. Mm. And then I coach them for six months. Ah, so because I was just about to say, it sounds like this is the moment where you want to start working now, not the moment to go home. Like, or I mean, of course, you have to go <laughs> yeah. home, but that's like... Yeah. That's not the end, right? That's you get them to where you now you can work with them. Well, it's a cool experience because you, people connect with each other because it's a rich experience, but they also connect with themselves um, in, a, in a profound way that they haven't connected with themselves and life before. Um, so it lays the foundation. It, it sets the foundation for coaching. And um, last year, I, I, we were in lockdown in New Zealand for a while with COVID, and I ran a workshop on Zoom as an experiment. I, did, I wasn't too sure how it would go. And um, it was a huge success. People loved it. And the cool thing about Zoom is you can stay in touch afterwards on Zoom easily. You just jump back on Zoom. Mm. When you meet in person, you try and meet again, yeah. and, and it's just too hard. Yeah. And we kept the um, Zoom cohort together after the initial workshop, which we did over six half days rather than three full days, because we had okay. people from Australia, USA, and the UK. We kept them together with um, bi-monthly calls using a mastermind format. And um, those calls went on for a year, and they loved it. Um, and in fact, that's given birth as a result of COVID. We've now, it's now created an online program that we launched in September. This is really interesting. So just tell everybody where they can find you, where they can learn more about this. Well, my, my business is called Like Never Before. And my URL is likeneverbefore.co.nz or NZ, mm -hmm. depending on where you live. It's uh, unfortunately, it's not the flashiest website on the internet, but hey, um, there's the, <laughs> you, know, you can download flyers and get in touch with me and um, I love meeting new people and understanding, you know, 
what life is like for them and where are they in flow, where are they stuck, what, what, does, what do they want to, what does success look like for them? And, and that's actually why I do this work. You know, the, the mind is hardwired for success. And when people see how it works, people get to live happier lives, more productive lives, more successful lives. But, you know, you, you get to realize your potential in a, in a sort of fun, loving way. And, and that, that's the bit that floats my boat. I think, we, I think we are here to realize our potential. Absolutely. That's, that's so much what, what motivates me. I, I feel a real strong connection to realizing our potential. I, I see this as a gigantic social problem and it's about being able to reach your potential and how hard that is to do when you don't have everything that you need moving out of childhood into, into adulthood. That's a big topic. I guess it is. I just kind of blurted it out, but yeah, that's yeah. why I like to talk to you because I get to talk about deep things. Well, so can I sort of speak to what showed up for me? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, um, I've worked with quite a few couples and um, sometimes their relationship is under duress and they go, look, you know, a friend of mine's done your workshop that they've completely changed. They look 10 years younger, you know, I'm really keen to come, but, you know, we're having relationship issues, you know, can you save our relationship? And I go, no, I can't do that. And they go, well, well, I thought you could, you know, clearly my friend's looking great. Can't you make us look great? And I say, well, what I can do is I can explain to you, which is, you know, one person in the relationship, one partner. I said, I can explain to you how the mind works, which explains to you how life works. And that gives you the opportunity to come home inside yourself where, you're, where you are already comfortable in your own skin. You're already happy, healthy and whole. And you have everything, you have access to all the qualities and capacities you need to live a great life. Um, and in that process, you actually fall back in love with yourself and life itself. Mm. So that's what I can do with you. I can do the same with your partner. And when you're both grounded in the truth of how the mind works, how life works, and you know, you have fallen back in love with yourself and life and there is love flowing through, through you, which is the natural design, that's when you should look into your partner's eyes and have the discussion about, do you want to hang out with me for the rest of our time together? Yeah. If you have that discussion when you're lopsided, you're going to get a lopsided result. Yeah. That, 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 that's just crazy. So quite a few relationships have been not only saved, but are now thriving because they live in the truth of how they live in the understanding of how the mind works, which means they, they have less stress, they're happier, um, they're more lighthearted, uh, they listen more deeply, they care, they have more love flowing through them. If love isn't flowing through you, it's not available for anyone else. Uh, at worst, it's an artificial construct of love or it's an echo of love, which is never as powerful as the real thing. So that's really helpful for relationships. Um, but if you look at how a child grows up, the big influences are parenting, but also schooling. Mm. And with the utmost respect, the majority of schooling and in fact parenting lives in a misunderstanding of how the mind works. So that raises a pretty interesting question of how impactful it is. 
And um, my, my job, as I see my job as a parent is to teach my kids how the mind works so that they have their own aha moments. Because the cool thing is when you are grounded in this understanding, as I said, you realize the power isn't outside you, but it's flowing through you and you have access to common sense, love, connection, rapport, insight, aha moments. And these qualities and capacities, which are always helpful, which make life easy, fun and successful, they, they end up guiding you through life. And that becomes the guide. This, you, have, you have access to this internal invisible guide. And I'm going to stretch the metaphor. It's like that guide parents you through life. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's my sense is it's the parent's job to teach kids this. But you can't teach it until you've realized the truth of it inside yourself. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I, I was asked to work with a teenage girl once who was suicidal and self-harming uh, on drugs, you know, um, classic train wreck. And the mum asked me to work, work with her. And I said, look, I'd love to, but I want to work with you first. Um, because the mum was outside in, which is just our, our language. You know, she thought the power was out there. And as soon as you think the power is outside you, that will um, draw your attention. And as soon as your attention is drawn outside of you, your attention is no longer inside which is where it naturally lives. If it's not inside, you can't have inside. So I worked with the mum first so that she became um, more grounded in life and then um, worked with the daughter um, because it's a system. And um, they're both doing really well. That's nice. She's no longer longer depressed. She's off her drugs. She's not self-harming. She's picked a new career path. She's you know, in the education system, learning that career. She's got a partner and life's good. And she looked, you know, I keep in touch with her through Facebook and she she looks great. Very nice. What a nice story. Mm. Well, this is lovely. And I hope that people will look you up because there are so many ways to approach this idea of, uh, you know, growing and living better and finding the answers and, um uh, and I, I think a lot of people, I, I hope other people are like me in that I feel very motivated to do it, to help my daughter and my stepkids, you know, that it's an impetus for me to grow, to, to help them be able to, you know, achieve their potential too. I want them to have these kind of insights. So I, I hope people will look you up at likeneverbefore.co.com nz yeah nz for the americans thank you so much greg this was great my pleasure thank you for having me it was very easy and enjoyable (laughs) as it should be yeah yeah. (laughs) i totally agree with what greg says about insight leading to inspired action let me tell you about my big moment of insight i think i first gained my most important insight by going to a 10-day course in Vipassana meditation. That's what passes for the beginner intro experience for these guys. You have to sign up for 10 days of silence and 12 hours a day of meditation with plenty of instruction, but it's still the craziest boot camp I've ever been on. 
I've been back a few times, actually, which is even more remarkable. But anyway, my big insight was that I wanted to experience a relationship again. At the time I went to my first course, I had been divorced and very happily single for six years, and I had zero intention of ever going down that road again. My first insight was that I needed to let go of that attitude because I realized I was cutting myself off from a big piece of what it is to be human and to live a full life. My second insight was that I wanted a relationship with a man who was my best friend. And that was really freaking scary because I was afraid I would lose my friendship with him if it didn't work out. There was a lot at stake. So the insight part was transformative, but I still had to struggle with my fears around acting on it. I got loads of help around that time. I remember that it was really hard on my physical body. But insight is something you feel right down to your bones. You have to trust it. It, It's like a decree. It's not up for discussion. True insight is something that feels like hearing a decree. It's like a call to action that you can't ignore. It's a recalibration of your inner compass to point you more precisely towards your true goals. My third big insight is one you've probably heard me talk about. I woke up one day and saw myself literally standing in the light at the end of the step family tunnel. And I knew I had something that I needed to share with others. So like Greg, I work with influential people. I call them dads and stepmoms because they are raising the next leaders and change makers of the world even if they don't know it. And I work my own magic to lead them to experience their own insight. I can't remember ever having a client who didn't say, wow, I hadn't thought about it like that before. When I do my thing and I help someone connect to their greatest strengths and I explain how they can apply those in their family dynamic, I feel like I'm planting a little seed in their mind And at some point, the seed sprouts and it looks like, aha, or I knew that. I just didn't trust myself to make the right move. Or, okay, I get it now. I know what to do. I love Greg's analogy about how we see problems as a nut and you want to keep trying to use your brain as a nutcracker. Your brain wants to work hard. It wants to make things complicated. Like Greg said, without the breakthrough of insight, you have nothing to lean on but determination. And that's where you get in that rut of trying harder and harder, like running as fast as you can, but maybe in the wrong direction. When I listen to someone describing a problem they have, I like to ask myself, how could this be simple? In what way is the answer completely obvious or easy or natural? And I always get an answer. I know I'm on the right track when I see an answer that feels obvious, easy, and natural. And now that I've heard Greg talk about insight, I guess that's what I'm doing too. I'm prompting my brain to offer me an insight. And it loves coming through for me, at least 
It seems to love that way a lot more than when I make it try to be a nutcracker. So if you're listening to this and saying, this is for me, I want to get off this hamster wheel of noise and inefficiency, I encourage you to reach out to Greg and check out his online workshops. You can find him at likeneverbefore.co.nz And of course, I have that link in the show notes as well. As for me, I keep putting out content that I hope is helping you gain some insight, particularly about your life and goals in Family 2.0. If you'd like a more exclusive experience of that, reach out and let's talk about how we might work one-to-one together. You can book time on my calendar with the link bit.ly slash calltracy. That's bit.ly slash calltracy, all capital letters. You know, investing in yourself is like any other kind of investment you make. The sooner you get started, the more you stand to gain. I'll look forward to talking with you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.